3: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today.
1: The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
4: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, our Bakta tank of talk. This particular episode of the Four Center podcast feed is one of our deep dives. We're going to dive deep into celebrating Kylo Ben. Is it rude to combine his names that way? We're talking about the character that is both Kylo Ren. And Ben Solo, we're going to have some fun celebrating what's great about that character. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw.
0: I'm Ken Napsack, and I think calling him Kylo Ben is probably what got him in trouble in the first place, right? (laughs) Yep, he he should have found a way to be happy with Ben, but you know, he had that cool
4: nickname in his mind, which I painfully relate to. I I had some cool nicknames that I wanted people to call me as well, so I understand, Ben. I understand.
0: Absolutely.
4: Uh, we always want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com/4center. Over 180,000 uh, titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle or MP3 player. We are still recommending Out of the Shadows by Justina Ireland that is the next book in the High Republic series which we're going to be diving into very soon here on 4Center. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com/4center. Again, that's audibletrial.com/4center for your free audiobook but that's
0: not all not all indeed and out of the shadows is off my shelf again which means we're not lying we're gonna read <laughs> it real soon here uh, we do have another offer inside editions publisher of a ton of great star wars books is offering 35 percent off across their website with a special force gunner. Of- code. To get your discount, enter the coupon code FC35 or visit the website with this link insideeditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we're recommending the Inside Edition's book, The Lightsaber Collection. Check it out with the code FC35.
4: That's right. And you can see Kylo's lightsaber right in there. It's so Mm. fascinating to look at uh, on big, beautiful, glossy pages. Uh, But Ken, let's get into this. Uh, It's great that your name is Ken and we're talking about Ren and Ben. So I have to be very careful at some point to not slip up (laughs) and (laughs) And and start talking about Ken Solo.
0: Yeah. And was given that nickname Kylo Ken on that other show, which I never (laughs) asked for, but I got. So I, you know, here we go.
4: Sometimes we get things we didn't ask for, right? Yeah. Uh one of the lessons of Poor Ben Solo. Uh so yeah, we just want to celebrate uh this character because I think he's important. I think he's uh complex. He is tied to lots of other characters, so uh, obviously that is his destiny, to be tied to lots of other characters. But I feel like sometimes um, we almost talk in circles around him instead of just really focusing on him and how interesting and complex and fun he is, both as Kylo Ren and as Ben Solo. So that's what I wanted to dig into with this conversation. I want to start here, Ken. What is your big-picture reaction to Kylo Ben, now that we've had some time to live with him? Why do you find him compelling?
0: I, I find him compelling because he was this villain for a modern age. Man, that sounds like a VHS review on the back, right? <laughs> I, and what I mean by that is <clears throat> I went into Force Awakens with, with a lot of thoughts and expectations for what I would want from the new villain villain of the series. And a lot of that was based on whether or not I super read them or not, you know, legend stuff or, you know, we, we kind of guessed and I, you know, it was a little more free on clicking the stories back in the day that might be spoilers or set photos, to be clear, but we went, we went into that movie thinking, no surprise, that was probably going to be an offspring of someone we loved, you know, we kind of went into that. And, and so I had some thoughts on how to do that. And the more I thought about it and look, I'm going to probably say it here first uh, and I'm sure we'll come up, but I just kind of want to almost make this as my one and done if I can, but (laughs) I really, really think Adam driver is the, for me, Ken, thinks Adam driver is the best actor in any star Wars film ever. Not, not, you know, you can compare, I mean, Liam Neeson, you and everyone's got great resumes and done all the wonderful things. I just, I still look at him and think, wow, what he did, what he did with the down to hand movements and scenes. I just really love it. And that came from someone who only was familiar with him. And I know he did other things, but it's only familiar with him from like season one of girls, uh, (laughs) I did watch and, and I had a lot of him Going into the movie, <laughs> and he won me over. He won me over to continue to win me over. So my big picture reaction is why he's so compelling is just it took the question, and and you've said this so well over the time over the years, Joseph. with sequel trilogy is about a lot of things in uh, it is about the legacy and living with what came before and our reactions to it, our relationships to it. And the more I thought about it, the more they gave me of, of Kylo Ren and Ben Solo. He was the villain for that picture. Uh, for this series for this idea like it, it all hung over him and all these possibilities and the pressures uh, I love everything about that
4: yeah no I mean y- your back of the vHS tape is very similar to mine um and I think you're so right to just highlight Adam driver I think he did just a phenomenal job as an actor because he totally took what's what's on the page and he gave it so much life i think in particular the fact that he was able to give so many nuances to this character like Mm -mm. if you're going to compare him to sort of the the big bad of vader which he, he does to his own detriment. <laughs> Vader was this picture of, of being mostly stoic, a couple little jibes, you know, mm-hmm. he kind of didn't quite know who is that man behind the mask. Can there be a human behind the monster? And I feel like Kylo is, is the opposite is there's so much humanity bubbling up from him. You know, there's the just kind of like charm. There's a magnetism, right? There's mm-hmm. all of this vulnerability, right? Of, Of seeing that that humanity in his eyes, and the the amount of of closed captions for him that is like shudders, breathes shakily, and like those (laughs) captions are are dead on. It's just like every every quiver of any muscle in his body anywhere (laughs) is full of um uh, vulnerability, and yet he's also just a terrifying monster and a terrifying badass, and. Mm At moments, especially toward the end of Last Jedi and the beginning of Rise Rise of Skywalker, this sad, lost cause. And he just he's able to portray all of those elements of just this kind of wild swing of emotions. If Vader was a mystery of can that monster have emotion, uh, Kylo's this can this monster stop swinging from emotions and and find
0: something (laughs) concrete to be, you know? Yeah, there's there's a lot about how you process things in, in, and a lot of, a lot of the characters in, in the sequel trilogy, I would say, but a lot with Kylo, that's potentially important of, of, and I guess I, like, uh, the, the, that angry young man trope is, is an unfortunately a trope because it's, it's very real in our real world. And, I, I, you know, you and I were raised in a generation of uh, you ain't going to cry. You ain't going to do that. You ain't going to go to therapy, you know, and that kind of stuff. And I mm-hmm. I, I personally take a, see a lot of that in Kylo with what Adam uh, Driver put into it and, and, and all the writers and creators and directors and the choices that were made where it's, it's a lot of the stuff that's on top of him and crushing him. You, you, you see it, you point to it and you go, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. But how he dealt with it and how he was just not able to process it, be allowed to process it, talk about it, know how to talk about it it led to a lot of the problems even before the films, you know, and we're getting some of that, the, the, that backstory, storytelling. And, and maybe that's just me taking a lot of put, seeing, seeing myself in some of it or seeing society in some of it. I don't know. Uh, but that's, I, I still watch a lot of his performances and just think of that is a, that is a, a person who has some righteous anger that does not know how to deal with it. I get that's connected to Anakin too, but it was very specific for the time for me. I
4: think so too. That was my, I got distracted talking about how awesome Ion Driver is, but I agree with the very first thing you said. I think he is a modern villain, a an accurate reflection of things that, that we are wrestling with, uh, I think, across generations, yeah. uh, But but hasn't been portrayed on film in this sort of iconic way that fits into the world of the fantasy that there's so much it's established so well in the force awakens and it's built on that his anger represents this kind of entitlement that he is someone who grew up with, uh, what appears to be, Everything right, <laughs> the yeah. the child of of heroes with uh, I would imagine plenty of uh, financial uh, comfort uh, given uh, Leia's and Han's status and get to gets to be trained by Luke Skywalker, the greatest uh, Jedi ever, and yet somehow he kind of wants to control it and possess that legacy, but he also wants to yeah. throw it away. And and you can first see him and just like. Something, some little thing doesn't go your way and you just throw a fit And and you can kind of see him as, you know, a, a, a yeah. parody of people who don't appreciate what they have. But mm-hmm. then I think as it dives deep, it gets into exactly what you're talking about of this danger of people having pain in being manipulated into thinking. Only way you can deal with that pain is by lashing out. Anger is your only, don't cry, mm-hmm. don't deal with it, don't talk about it, just blame other people and lash out, right? Mm-hmm. And that is a uniquely um, sort of, a, 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 can be a young man experience. I certainly felt that at times in my life where yes, I was, I chose anger because that was the only thing that made it so I was still being the person society told me i was supposed to be i wanted to cry or talk about it or ask for help but i was told i should be angry because that's what keeps me a man you know yeah and and i think there is a power of that in kylo for sure
0: yeah, there's some of you uh, I, I i love just these freeform conversations sometime around the stuff uh, often you say something that makes me think of other things is this, this it is so specific to this time and and everything but uh, but Anakin has got some of this. Han's got some of this, and how we see the, the Han we see in Force Awakens, which is a Han I love, in the sense of older, broken, still found himself back to where almost he began because he ran away again, and how that is a it's a generational byproduct of a, a Han probably couldn't process a lot of the stuff going on. Anakin certainly couldn't. And then he wasn't around Force Ghost or no to communicate to young Ben like here's how you here's here's how you do things or here's a better way to do things right, which is you know, why he's worshiping this, this grand version of his grandfather that he shouldn't be. I, I think it, and it so it also deals with the generational passing on of the problems, the sins, and just not how to deal with it, uh, which is something that uh, this is, a, you know, specific to to, to maybe us both here and, and just speaking of our perspectives of when we were born and when we grew up and, and I've got a, a, a great, wonderful father and he's very sweet and very calm, but he also, we don't talk and we don't process and we don't communicate and, and how I had to move, uh, not move past that or move past him, but deal with that in a different way. I think some of those themes are, are definitely there in, in Kylo.
4: Yeah, and and I you know I think that his his you know he's got the relationship with Han but I'm sure Luke and Leia gave him plenty of room to to be emotional and to explore his emotions and that but he he listened, you know Palpatine is is this sort of um this great metaphor for uh the the dark whisper that we could all hear of like or you could just be angry, which is easier. <laughs> and you can feel justified. So I think there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really agree with what you're saying too about he is a he is a villain um of his time both in kind of how he might reflect issues that, that we wrestle with in the real world, but he's such a generational villain, right. Of yep. this misguided youth who wants to be Vader. And, and I think that is one of the things for me that makes the whole sequel trilogy really relevant to the, the whole, you know, Skywalker saga is not just, Hey, hey here's some more story. It's Anakin fell uh, in their prequel. He uh, made a better choice in the original trilogy, but those choices linger on and they echo out. Right. And this is mm-hmm. this is, you know, I partially feel like Ben Solo fell victim to the shadow of Vader. Right. Of, yeah. Those choices echo out, you know.
0: Well, you know what he fell victim to, in my mind, <laughs> he, the, the, what George Lucas s- spoke of often back in 2005. I needed to come back and retell Vader's story because you all got it wrong. <laughs> Right, y'all, y'all didn't pay, and, and that's always kind of been, and that's not some great insight for me. That's just always kind of been baked into the Kylo thing. People, we always used to speculate: is the ghost of Anakin going to show up and be like, "Hey, man, you, you you're looking at the wrong version of me"? Because <laughs> that's that's there, and and I don't think I don't need it to be. I don't mean it. It's not like super meta, like they're pointing fingers at fans who are Vader fans and everything. It, you know, you I can separate the two, but that's why. I, the spirit of what george was saying particularly i always go to that 2005 celebration interview of like <laughs> you all you dummies you worship the guy at the cape like what are you the, the dark cape and the red saber what are you doing what are you doing <laughs> and and that's and, and you're right and how unintended uh, you know consequences beyond what anakin was was thinking in that moment and just kind of makes sense for the story going forward
4: yeah and i i think that there's lots of re- ways to read Kyla, and that's what makes him him fun and i know some fans don't don't maybe uh respond to the reading of kylo as a is an angry fan and i totally understand that but i also just think that that is that possibility is there because here is this figure who grew up with star wars (laughs) Mm -hmm. grew up with the misguided idea that vader is the right way to be that that's cool that that will solve all of your problems is Mm -hmm. being angry and having the red blade that'll fix everything and then kylo is so torn about the Skywalker legacy. Like he, he wants to own sort of what we know is, is star Wars. He's got the, all these legacies and he kind of wants to own them and he kind of wants to push them away too. So it does make me think of the kind of fans, which I I don't think I am anymore, but I certainly have been in the past of like, this is mine. I know all about it. uh, So I want to have the right to love it. But then I also want to get real cranky about the parts I don't like. And in this weird love, hate relationship with the legacy That does make me feel like sometimes the way fans like our generation really was when the special editions came out, when the prequels are like, I love Star Wars. And the only way I apparently have to express that right now is to be really mad at parts of it (laughs) and to hate the guy who created it to the point where I make, you know, T-shirts and documentaries about it is Uh, for me. I feel that in my journey as a fan.
0: Yeah, it's very pressing.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, So that's just our overview. Um, Let's dive into uh, some more details of uh, Kylo Ren, Ben Solo. Again, we've had a while to live with the complete sequel trilogy, and we've had some great uh, supplemental storytelling, like Bloodline, where we learn he didn't know Vader was his grandfather, and he finds out when the whole galaxy does. Uh, And the Rise of Kylo Ren comic, where we get to see that, you know, Snoke really was able to kind of manipulate him and, and... Uh, for a long time, uh, Palpatine in his head, but he thinks Snoke Snoke is a real physical person. He goes to visit and says, well, maybe you should just explore this different way. Maybe people are holding you back from being yourself. So, get a lot more details uh, in those as well as all of the great work in the films. But with all that storytelling now, Ken, why do you think Ben Solo fell to the dark side. Uh what did he fear that made him fall?
0: Oh man, this is uh welcome to the next hour of <laughs> you just uh, working through a lot of stuff here. I think part of the reasons he fell, and you, and you, you sum, summarize like uh, the rise of color Ren comic really well there, and stuff in Bloodline. I, I think there could be a sense of there's a little bit of neglect that's been expressed. Some say, even Last Shot deals with Han kind of not knowing what to do with his young child, and mm-hmm. it's very real. It's very realistic. I, I'm not a parent, but you know, one of my friends is a new parent, and, and he's struggling with how best to do it, and uh, every every day, every hour. And, and so Han and, and Leia maybe made some mistakes, uh, some neglect, some assumptions that maybe hey, he was. Uh, next in line, he's, he's got some force, uh, he's got some force powers, he's got some force genes, dare we say midichlorians roaming around, uh, and just some assumptions of what he might want to do with his legacy. But we don't know that specifically, you know, we haven't got five-year-old Ben or, you know, junior high years Ben yet, we'll maybe get that story, where he's kind of like, hey, I want to be a painter, and so, nope, you got you to you do this, I don't know, or maybe he wanted to uh, pick up the lightsaber all along. So anyways, that all kind of dumps down into this idea of, of what he feared. And, and I I think legacy, I, I, I think there's a weight to this legacy, which is what we've already discussed. But your uncle's Luke Skywalker. Holy moly. He doesn't even know about the Vader stuff. But Luke, your mom's Leia. Your God, that's Leia and Han. Your uncle's Chewie. <laughs> <Like, laughs> this is tough. And I have always talked. Your godfather might be R2-D2. Who knows? <laughs> right. I have always talked about, especially in the early days. You know, I, I think I probably thought this was more insightful than than it is. But I've always given the example of of the the pastors' kids syndrome, which if you grow up in in churches, it, it's like these pastors' childrens, and uh, no fault of their own, almost struggle with seeing their parents who are viewed in a certain way. It's just not the parent's fault necessarily. It's it's their calling. It's their life. It's their job. And you go to church every Sunday. And maybe the the dad that disciplined you on Saturday because you didn't do your homework or something or didn't do your chores is being looked up upon and is a mentor and is a guide and 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 is, has some has a certain status. And I'm not talking about celebrity. And but just like. Hey, it's, uh, it's pastor Steve. And he's, he's, I, 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 I love Pastor. He, he saved my life. And they're probably telling that to you. And you're like, yeah, he, but on Friday he yelled at me and you're five <laughs> and you don't know what to do. And then do you want to go to that? A lot of pastors kids are maybe called into service and called in the ministry, but maybe they do, don't want to. And all that often explodes through the cracks and a lot of pastors kids really struggle Uh, i'm not just talking about a walk away from religion or finding their own way i'm just talking about legal struggles uh you know drug addictions like i've been raised in the church in the 80s like saw a lot of it and i had no fingers points at anyone it's just a thing and i always saw a lot of that in ben who's sitting around everyone probably Say, oh my God, your mom is great. And this, oh, your uncle say, I was, you know, I was, he, I was going to be blown up on Yavin 4, but your uncle say, yeah. all that, I imagine, probably built and built and built. And then you're naturally going to be, you're, you're afraid that you're not going to be seen for who you are or who you mm-hmm. think you might want to be. And then, you, then to, top it off there, you mentioned the bloodloat thing to not allow to be trusted with the truth at some point. I understand they're not telling four year old Ben, but at some point, hey, we're going to ship you off to this school to be trained by your uncle. Yeah, by the way, your grandfather's Darth Vader. Don't do what he did. You know, like he wasn't <laughs> given that chance. And that's just my overview on on why I think he fell.
4: I think that's really, really good. I think uh, I really agree with it. I think great insights from, from your own life and, and being able to observe up close what it can do to people to feel like you have uh, not just a parent to wrestle with and to live up to, but somebody who, who kind of has an element of, of being legendary in real life. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah, Yeah, which is, I think, why a lot of this great story of of legends come in of, you know, Kylo is so bitter because to him, he feels like he was let down by these uh legends but to uh, ray like uh, luke skywalker's a myth and, yeah. and kyle is like he's a jerk <laughs> uh, yeah. he's a real person and i think that's part of the reason that luke is like i don't want to be seen as a myth i want to be seen as a real person yeah. who makes mistakes yeah, uh, yeah.
0: yeah sorry yeah that's that that's an exciting angle of it too looking at luke yeah you're right it, again it's not it's not the pastor's fault that everyone's like please save me <laughs> it's, it's not maybe at that point and 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 yeah all the, yeah well said sorry
4: yeah, no, 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 no. Um, I think for me, the big picture is that when you really, really boil it down, I think for me, it is this fear of ultimately not being loved by his family. Mm-hmm. Like It expresses itself in all of these different ways, but that is the fear of uh, they won't love me right um i think that gets expressed exactly the way you are articulating of this fear of not living up to the legend but i think when you when you trace that down i was like well what's the fear there if you feel like the whole galaxy expects you to be the as good a jedi as luke skywalker as good a pilot as han solo as good of a diplomat as leia organa right uh what's going to happen if you fail well then they won't love you right you will you will have failed to live up to them right yeah Uh, so you have that anger of like you're saying uh, maybe there's not room for me to discover who I am and, and discover who I want to be. But also, I, 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 what if I don't, what if I'm never as good as them, right? Mm-hmm. And then even when he gets this other example to try to live up to of Vader, that's the fear that Ray perceives, right? That you yeah. will never be as strong as as Vader, right? So I think he grows up with this this fear of, I'm never going to live up to how great they are, Mm-hmm. We don't have this concrete in storytelling, but I think we can in, infer it. Uh, if you're a young kid and you kind of sense that you're you, all the adults around you love you, but they also know you are a time bomb who could go off, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that how much that would start to just seep in and go like, why do they, why do they fear me, you know, mm-hmm. or why do they treat me with kid gloves? And then the the information he gets is. You know, you can understand how he would process it this way, that if he fears deep down that he can never live up to, the, him, to them and they fear him, then of course he's going to process the fact that poor Han's not great with his emotions. So that feels like a rejection, right? Leah yeah. really wants to help him, so she sends him to Luke. That feels like a rejection, you know? Luke really doesn't want him to fall to the dark side, so he's really got his eye on him. Uh, and Luke gives into that moment of weakness, which is an incredible validation of everything poor ben has felt of they fear me and they'll reject me that second of igniting the lightsaber is validation of of all those fears right Mm -hmm. and then the huge important thing which maybe some listeners are are, are screaming at the podcast don't worry Uh, (laughs) the huge huge part of his fall is that he has all of these fears that that are very human that we can understand and they're entirely manipulated by palpatine right Mm -hmm. like imagine going through your life that's already kind of challenging Mm -hmm. you have all these natural fears and then you have this voice pretending to be a kindly supportive understanding person who's helping you see things in a different light going every fear you have is right Mm -hmm. that's so powerful and that's so disturbing right
0: yeah well you talked uh Earlier too, as well about that voice of what it represents, and and you and I always love to to ask the why of Star Wars, and and I've I've I just Palpatine returning episode nine represents a lot to me of of not moving forward, not letting go, even in death, the Sith hold on. But also what you're talking about too, I I really over time have come to love more and more that I, I am I am every voice you have ever heard inside your head, which you know we have questions about, well how much Snoke was Snoke and all that kind of stuff, and you know, fair conversations to have. And I want some of those answers too, but I think it represents what you said earlier. It is that voice you're, you're saying here, a calm voice going, you're right, be angry. And it is what we all face as humans. The little voice going, yeah, you're right. Throw that thing, throw that punch, cut that person off, honk your horn, scream, shout, give into it, get angry. Uh, And not in in a good way, (laughs) get get angry and give into every dark instinct you have. I think that really, that's why Kyla was in such a vulnerable spot at some point in his young life. Yeah, absolutely. And that is,
4: that is powerful. Like, yeah, not get angry then and get motivated to make a difference. <laughs> yeah. It's get angry because that's the part of you. They didn't uh, let you explore. So of course there's truth over there. And then you just realize as Anakin did as as Kylo does in these films, just trapped in it. Right. That, that line of, to his father, like, you know, I want to be free of this pain and just thinking like, just keep pushing through the anger, keep pushing through the, that will somehow give me, what I've always wanted that will, you know, will give me the sense that I am who I am and I'm totally in control. And, and, you know, uh, I don't have to be feared that they don't love me. I don't even want their love anymore. That, that lightsaber belongs to me, but I don't even want it. In fact, you should kill the past. <laughs> yeah. It's just in this endless circle of pain. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so here's a little bit of a left turn uh, in our conversation <laughs> because I want to try to find some ways to celebrate Kylo in every way. All this great emotional work, all this pain, all this terror of being an actual scary villain—he still has like a ton of moments of comedy. I think. Um, what are some favorite moments of comedy for you from Kylo Ren, and and why do you think they they work as comedy while still keeping him a terrifying villain?
0: Uh, I think any finger point in uh, <laughs> you know, the spirit of his father is great, and it's one little detail that I just absolutely love. I, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go to uh, what might end up being my favorite one is, is in in Rise of Skywalker. It's the helmet bit with, uh, with (laughs) Hawks. It's, it's really funny, but it's also what you're talking about. It's terrifying because especially we've, we've gone through two movies of his outbursts and everything we can discuss here, which are funny in their own way, but uh, you know, to serve the character that, that the the Hawks, uh, Got a problem, and I'm totally paraphrasing here, but just turn it into some modern sketch. But yeah, you got it, you got the big helmet you wear. Like, what the hell, man? (laughs) Like you haven't had this for a year. What's going on? And we know. And we've talked about this. We analyzed the force center scene by scene with him and Palpatine uh, of now he's afraid. He thought he fought to become who he was. And he did in a way. And he's Supreme Leader Ren. Now it's being challenged. Palpatine's just unveiled. Ah, I've been lying to you. You've been lying to yourself because it's me the whole time. And now he, the mask goes back on because it's uh, it's that shield that he's got to hide behind. And, and and he is the comedy is the fear is emerging. And I just think it works really well in a lot of ways. Yeah, no, I absolutely
4: love that. Yeah, I sense uh, some unease about my appearance, I think is the, is the line. And it it does like, I think a lot of his comedy comes from he has that clear wit of his uh, father and his mother, right? Um, but he's using it in dark ways. He's like being a bully, that moment of like, I sense, uh, you know, uh, unease about my appearance is that feels like a bully walking up to, you know, a kid who is not as physically strong and going, do you have a problem with my jacket? yeah <laughs> just baiting him right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's mean and funny
0: yeah it, it, it's it's effective uh it's totally communicating a point there but also just uh, it's also a great hucks moment and then the other officer like i think it looks great like, it's, it's like <laughs> it it's works well.
4: yeah yeah i mean i for me uh, there's some great moments in force awakens uh the uh the whole slashing the you know the console scene mm-hmm. is really great to show you that he is sort of Trying to be Vader, but he doesn't have the poise. You know, he's he's yeah. got all this uh anger and um and is letting it out in in childish ways. It's a tantrum, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is funny, but uh, the the lines around it are really funny uh because uh, I believe Lieutenant Mataka, right gives him the report of the the droid got away on a stolen uh, freighter, <laughs> and he's still got the mask on and he turns and says the droid stole a freighter <laughs> yeah. and it is, it's down to adam driver's great delivery it's a great line but adam driver makes it work and, and he feels like that is han solo's son who has fallen to the dark side being a snarky little asshole <laughs> yeah,
0: i totally agree absolutely agree That's 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 a that's a highlight indeed
4: yeah and then after that big slashing fit he has the anything else
0: <laughs> it's it's, uh, it, yeah, those little, you're right to those little lines get lost in the, uh, cause the heaving, it, it's, you know, the, uh, he's the chest is thumping and heaving and he's getting angry and build up the anger, but he still got the wherewithal to have a little, have some comedy, have some lines.
4: Yeah. Uh, and other one for me that I wanted to highlight because, uh, it, it makes me laugh in the midst of a very serious, you know, uh, in dark scene in some ways as, uh, when Luke is confronting him on crate, uh, and, you know they've had their first lightsaber pass, first or second, I can't remember. And Luke says, "You know I failed you, Ben. I'm sorry." And just right on top of the line, uh, Kylo Ren uh, yells, "I'm sure you are." <laughs> yeah. And it is. It's so. It makes me laugh because it's so perfectly petulant, and and yeah. that is such a, a part of of Kylo. Is the more he gets lost to the dark side, the more he just feels not like this cool in control badass but just like a wounded kid throwing a fit and, and, it, and it is very serious and painful but it's also funny because this is a great contrast between I am Kylo Ren master of the dark side to
0: jerk meanie <laughs> oh totally and I think that even traces to you know Force Awakens with traitor and and, and the thumping of his injury like just bizarrely acting you know acting out because he's in pain it just yeah it, all, it all, all tracks for me up at the moment and there's a lot of great stuff around that sequence of the moor and the blow that hunk of junk out of the sky a lot of uh, comedy intentional and otherwise
4: yeah absolutely uh so we've uh, we've touched on this a, a bit but i want to dive in about how much uh kylo ren slash ben solo is carrying the legacy of so many characters right of han leia luke vader anakin padme um not really explored a ton in the film but it's there which of those do you feel the most in the films uh which of those legacies do you really connect to or do you see all of them
0: Look, I do see all of them. I, I see all of them a lot. I see a lot of Han and a lot of Leia, um, but I think often I think I concentrate more on the Luke stuff, probably because of episode eight and, and what responsibility Luke had and the responsibility Luke felt. And there's lightsabers involved in the force and all that stuff. So I, I think I react to that one the most in the films over time and looking back and digging into the level in which we do sometimes. I really look at Leia and this great leader and the other side is this flailing Supreme Chancellor leader, traitor, more guy like, you know, and he's like, (laughs) man, you know, in the back of his head, he's like, mom ran this so well. Uh, So there's something like that, too, that I, I, I gravitate to.
4: Yeah. Yeah. This is something we talked about a lot, uh, many people in the star Wars community. When, when force awakens came out that traitor in the forest is so similar, uh, to Anakin, right? It just, it's the anger, uh, that isn't cool. It's just, it's petulant. Right. And it's just, it's desperate to blame somebody else of like, you're the liars and traitors and thieves, you know, um, the spinning his ship in, in last Jedi is it's great. It's a great little Anakin, uh, nod, uh, but I feel like the, I, in some ways, I do feel like Han is the one that I that he connects with the most, uh, maybe partially because the films really make it about that relationship with, you know, the droid is with your father. Um, you know, the, there's the spirit of, of Solo is, is still there, uh, Snoke saying to him. But, you know, there's just there's just this attitude from him, even when he's Kylo Ren, even when it's easy to compare him to Vader and Luke, where he's just he's brash he's stubborn really what he's doing on his dark side journey is trying to deny his emotions right like mm-hmm. i i think han has those moments where he, he's always charming he's not falling to the dark side but he's he's falling to the apathetic side right he's yep. going like great well you know i helped you get the coaxium but i'm not gonna join your rebellion that's ridiculous and like you know i really try and deny all through new hope that he that he gives a damn you know even down to my my favorite. Uh, uh, one of my many favorite Han Solo bridge scenes in Return of the Jedi, where he, his instinct when Leia is upset is to go ah, and turn away, you know, and in this triumph of, of turning back. And I feel like that's so much of what's going on with with Kylo of uh, he's full, feeling the pull to the light and he's trying to deny it. And every moment where there is a well-acted quiver is just is trying to deny those emotions and just cling to his anger and in. It's it's a grand force version of Han's journey.
0: I, look, I, th- I think you're right. I I think a lot of one of our favorite little moments in Solo that we talk about a lot of Kira telling Han, you know, you're the good guy. And I, we always talk also how that connects to Ray Carson's excellent Most Wanted novel. and We recommend to check that out. And how Kylo probably, Ben's probably inside telling him that. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> Ben himself along the way going, you this ain't you, man. This ain't you. And then, and then he has to run farther away from it yeah
4: yeah absolutely and and as you said the just the finger points are so great yeah. uh, to be a direct line to uh to harrison ford uh, mm-hmm. as is han solo um i also really like what you you said about about leia I, I think you know there's so many shots from empire to last jedi of just the the pure power of of uh, how soulful uh leia can look at her performances by carrie fisher of just this this deep well of emotion. And, and I think he taps into that. There's the moments where he's truly just welled up with emotion there that that's those moments for me. like, there's Leia's son.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, it, it jumps off the screen for me at, at certain moments, especially when the, the last Jedi moment uh, before he, uh, well, his, his TIE fighter wingmates, um, uh, fire on the ship. Yeah. There's some real, he, that connection, that legacy, and what he's not living up to and what he fears he's not living up to, it jumps out there in that moment. Yeah,
4: absolutely. Uh so now that all is said and done with the sequel trilogy and particular the conversation about Ray and Kylo, how do you feel about that relationship? Uh we know that now that they are a dyad, two that are one, uh, but how do you think that's expressed in, in human relationship terms? Why are they drawn to one another?
0: I, I think this the the circle that we've talked about before of child of destiny born in the light that shows darkness being ban and child from nowhere uh, though that truth was hidden uh, but literally born raised nowhere uh, born into the dark that shows the light and these big choices and these identity and the and the legacy uh, you know I think uh, it even without the, the dyad and even calling it that I think we all felt that in last Jedi with that that hand touch of naturally. Uh, they could' they're the only ones that could see each other and see the struggles uh, and that was really powerful for me and i didn't even I, though i love nine and episode i wasn't super concerned about the 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 high almost high fantasy stuff for me of the dyad and the this and then the two make the two makes one and my robe all this stuff <laughs> it was just For me, for me, an icing uh, on the cake that was that was baked in that hut in episode eight for me. It's like, yes, they're connected beyond beyond any romance, beyond any friendship, beyond they're connected in a level that we all hope for, hope to find of someone who actually sees you.
4: Yeah, just star-crossed souls. Yeah, and as, as many of people have pointed out in the Last Jedi, of the uh, the patterns, there that the pattern that Ray is using to uh, practice with the lightsaber is uh, the same pattern that Kylo is using to attack Luke on crate and uh, lots of. Uh, so great visual storytelling. But yeah, just the utter, utter intimacy of that of that finger touch, uh and in the meaning behind it in the Last Jedi, I feel like that's for me one of those places where The Last Jedi and, and Rise of Skywalker are are really shaking hands of like there is a connection between these two that is sort of almost it's cosmic, right? Cosmic, uh yeah, and and you yeah. So, and you feel it.
0: Yeah, and you feel it and it's back to Episode seven, we're absolutely going to talk about the what I always refer to as the the double interrogation scene of, of their first fight is that mental battle in 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 episode seven on the on the starter story when when she's uh, captured and and he takes his mask off really for the first time like she sees inside him she sees inside her like it, their worst fears are on display and that's scary and that's uh, frightening even just on a human to human romantic level or friendship level but now add the the weight of the galaxy on it there it built from there.
4: Right. Yeah. That it's, that it's, uh, initially can be scary to feel that connected to somebody, right. Uh, to feel like you can really look into their soul and and they can look into yours and they suddenly know uh, your fears and, and then it can be comforting when, uh, you know, you get to last Jedi or no, nobody understands me, but you do kind of feelings, you know, and then that just kind of hanging question of what are we going to do with this connection? It's all, it's very like cosmic mystical, but it also really works on, on human terms for me. Um, yeah, I, I love, I think there, I, I know that there are many, many strong feelings, utterly acknowledge that. Um, yeah. but I think for me, I, I do just really like this great story that I think they both fear being alone, but you know, you put it as a child of light, child of, of nothing or child of darkness mm-hmm. uh, with Palpatine. But for me, it, it's just this great story of, you know, for all these reasons we talked about, Ben pushed his loved ones away. He has a massive collection of of wonderful loved ones and he pushed them away. And Ray fears being alone because she thinks her loved ones left her. So you got this contrast of, I had everything and I gave it up. And Ray's like, I had nothing and I have fared that I never will have anything, but they're both a a fear of being alone and unloved, right?
0: Look, love and hate, light and dark in a way, at the core of Star Wars, right? Uh, In a lot of ways, Uh, I think you're you're really right about that. And, uh, both connecting over that. That's why it was so powerful for me. Yeah. And I, yeah. yeah.
4: And I think then for last Jedi, one of the things that is powerful for me about their connection and about this conversation and what, uh, what Kylo is trying to get through to her by telling her his version of the story of what happened between him and Luke is this idea of being feared by the people you love. Right. Uh Um, and it and it comes down to this this sort of cosmic truth as well that they nobody else in the galaxy right now probably could understand exactly what they're going through because they've both been burdened with this huge amount of power and they struggle to figure out how to use it right if yeah. if Ben has grown up his whole life kind of feeling like uh, I have this great power and it, it maybe it makes people treat me with kid gloves. And Ray's just discovering this. I've had this awakening. There's something inside me. It's always been there, but it's uh, awake now. And I don't know what to do with it. It looks like I'm not going to help you. In fact, I'm afraid of you. I I should have been more afraid of my own nephew, but I'm afraid of you. Like, what a great specific thing that they are connecting on, right? You know, to take it to that sort of human level, it is like, you know, two people who meet in, in the you know, especially if they're young and they start texting because they're having the same problems at home as one another that they don't feel like can talk to anybody else about it's uh, that to me is a part of the power of that, of that finger touch of like, uh, we're both going through something that very few other people could ever understand. And the people we're trying to turn to, to talk to about it don't want to.
0: Yeah. We didn't get to explore that as much in, in prequels and original trilogy, right. With thinking, I'm thinking mostly just of Anakin and, and Luke. I think everyone, Uh, you know, there's a lot of Jedi around Anakin to talk uh, and some nice platitudes and give him some nice bumper sticker lessons, but no one fully understood, you know, Obi-Wan can only go so far. Padme, I think tried uh, not to, you know, hold her to the flames over that. But uh, Luke, uh, I'm thinking of the stuff with Leia. Like, I think he was just starting to get to that with Leia. Like, yeah, look, basically on that, you know, Endor. I gotta go. I gotta go confront our father. By the way, and you don't understand. And and where if he had if Leia had a little more more research or time or a moment, maybe she would understand and connect in a real way. All that to say, it's slightly different to me with, with what we're seeing with Ray and and Kylo Ben. Of uh they, hundred percent, we understand each other, and that was built in from the beginning of their story.
4: Yeah. Absolutely and I just I think that's a, a ton of power on the connection and then I just do want to take a moment to talk about you know um, the the way that they kind of find their way back to one another in uh, in Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's just like there's a great humanity to that as well because I, I just love how much Kylo just wants her to give into the darkness I think partially as a manipulation. Uh, because then he will feel validated. His, you know, he keeps pushing this viewpoint of, um, well, I can never go back to Leia and you can never go back to Leia because our dark, the dark side is our nature. Uh, kind of trying to relieve ourselves of responsibility here. (laughs) Yeah. We, We don't have any choice. And boy, will I feel better about it if you join me in that, which is not healthy or great. But I think there's also that still getting to that core, uh, fear of kylo doesn't want to be alone he wants ray by his side you know oh absolutely yeah and, and then the other thing i was thinking about with rise of skywalker that i w- wanted to run past you is i really like that throughout the the films a ton of their actual conflict is pretty literally fighting over something to literally possess something right the force awakens their fight is who can possess the map to skywalker right, right. uh and then in Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, they're literally fighting over the saber. is a physical object and is a symbol of of legacy, right? And in the beginning of Rise of Skywalker, they're fighting over those wayfinders. Uh, of uh, It's a literal object, but it is a symbol of you know fighting the for uh, the resolution to this journey. So everything in their conflict has been about who, which one of us will possess the thing. Yeah, and it gives just extra to me beauty to when they they do manage to come together that their relationship is all about sharing now it's all about ray giving her life energy and then ben giving his life energy so there's this great just sort of a symbolic um even when you f- feel that great intimacy that great connection to somebody you know which way is it going to push or pull is it going to be about uh possessing or is it going to be about sharing
0: that's a big that's a big giant well said sir and just how what each pursuit represents for them at that point in their life a lot of it about identity destiny legacy past present future right fighting over who controls that uh that that's and all leading into in a way i'm throwing it back at you like giving a lot of that up in those moments i think uh, you know they they they're not fighting they're they're fighting for uh, uh, more than just a little item indeed but more more their identities I don't know if I'm, if I'm maybe making sense, but at the end, they kind of just they get, there's a lot of giving up of self in that final battle with Palpatine coming together for that.
4: Exactly, I think you're exactly right because it is they're finding that. I feel like they're just sort of they they are being in the present, right, and they're responding mm-hmm. to what is needed of them and needed to uh, for for Ben to to do what the memory of his father said of you know. Leia is gone, but not what she fought for, what she stood for, you know, and Ray being able to push past uh, her fear uh, that she will lose people if she fully gives into her power and and trusting that she can use her power in a way that will help people. And they're both kind of coming into this in their own journeys of being selfless, but then coming together of being kind of very present in the moment and focused on, on not as obsessed with their themselves.
0: Yeah. The, the, pre, the, the word present is, that's very powerful, right? It's no longer about what's to come. It's no longer about what was, it is about what is right now.
4: That is a great succinct way to say what I was saying.
0: So I think. <laughs> we both get there, man. Some days we love just finding ourselves. So we're driving around in circles around that Star Wars. I mean, exactly. Just doing donuts in the Star Wars
4: parking lot. Uh, But we are going to take a quick break, spinning out our tires, and then we're going to come back to uh, talk about just some of the great uh, moments of uh, both Kylo Ren and Ben Solo throughout the Star Wars sequel trilogy. We'll be right back.
0: Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments.
4: And we are back to continue our discussion to finish what we ourselves started by celebrating Kylo Ren and Ben Solo, Kylo Ben. We're going to talk about just some of our favorite details, favorite moments. Ken, let's go to Force Awakens. What are some favorite Kylo Ren moments in the Force Awakens for you?
0: I mean, is it, in making these lists, it's sometimes that balance between, remember when he stopped that laser bolt? Holy <laughs> please, that was cool. Which I is,
4: love, I think, valid.
0: Yeah, because I love that moment. It was a great trailer shot. And it's OK. Let's release the pressure. for It's OK to want some cool villains in Star Wars. We get it. Absolutely. Uh, even I think deep down, even George gets it. But uh, that's why he has them designed the way he does. But uh, no, there's that. But I, I was thinking about it and trying to keep maybe the bigger conversation I, I anticipated we'd be having. I do love the first moment that he takes his helmet off in front of Snoke. So I love the Ray one where he takes it off with such that that feathered hair unfurls and the theater snickers and I do remember that unfortunately, um and he's so confident and she just immediately just jabs him right in the right in the side like oh, you you you're not going to be Darth Vader and he's immediately like whoa wait what but I, so I like when that kind of starts to flow into the stuff with Snoke where they did go back and digitally add the helmet to his face um to his head uh, before with Snoke where they were gonna the scene was gonna be. Uh, Not include the mask before with Hux and everything. And they went back and said, No, no, it's not right for the story, for the spirit of the story. He's a different, uh, Kylo's starting to crack. And so I really do love that moment for what it represents. And just what, and because you can see the face, you can really see what Adam Driver's doing as a performer, what Kylo as a character is thinking, and, and the panic and the fear and everything is rising. And that cool guy stopping the laser bolt is kind of already in the past.
4: Yeah. Yeah, because his his legacy, which he allegedly doesn't care about, is threatened. Right? Yep. yep. Like, could there? Could there, uh, I'm supposed to be the the powerful one, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And who who is this? Who is this? Nobody to be powerful, you know, and to to make me fear that. Like, I transitioned from uh, maybe looking up to Han, Luke, uh, Leia to I'll look up to Vader, and now she pierces this that uh, even that I have a fear of, you know.
0: Yep. Yep.
4: Yeah, absolutely great. Um, for me, I think in terms of the just the the cool. Uh, it's cool, but it also continues all throughout the films and and adds emotion. It's the great physicality that Adam Driver uh, brings, but I I can't get through this without absolutely celebrating the lightsaber ignition stomp.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
4: (laughs) Right? The great dance invented by Kylo Ren. It's, like, cool and frightening. Like, I think if you had ever faced him or seen him before, that would terrify you. Like, oh, he's gonna gonna pull out the saber. He's gonna do that little stomp, and it's got that extra... Anger to it, uh, uh, but it also feels like just a little bit petulant and just like that he needs to feel himself, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you're not confident enough to just ignite it, you got to stomp too.
0: (laughs) Well, it also ties to to the scene we were talking about earlier of him destroying the the computer room there, the the monitors, because it's the same type of energy, right? uh, Like it, it is, it's a pose, man. He's putting on a pose,
4: yeah, yeah, um couple other little moments for me from, from uh, Force Awakens. The whole scene with uh, Vader's helmet, right? Uh, I think that's just so great because it, it was really powerful to make it explicit. Like, we're so used to stories of uh, good people who are tempted to be, you know, fall to the dark side, to be more violent than they want to be, to be more angry than they want to be, and to just have it put explicitly of, I feel it again, the pull to the light, and this desperate like the way he says you know supreme leader snoke senses it you know Mm -hmm. you just totally get the the sense that he didn't he didn't trade anything he he was afraid uh he didn't trade up he was afraid he wasn't going to live up to his parents and now he's afraid he's not going to live up to snoke and vader you know
0: right yep problem not solved (laughs) problem not solved um
4: and just a delivery thing for me uh especially as you get to live with these films for a while and, and they start to have that same kind of rhythm that I've lived with the original in the, in the prequels. Uh, I love it when he's looking and raised mine. He says, I see it. I see the Island.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
4: It's just like a great, very hu- human rhythm.
0: <laughs> it really is.
4: Uh, any other force awakens moments that you wanted to
0: celebrate? Uh, I, you, so you talk about the physicality and I, I made reference to it earlier, but when that, that whole pounding his injured body and the injured side that, that took the bowcaster, which, you know, clearly we're setting up all through the movie, a bowcaster. Turns out, who knew, pretty powerful. Uh, you know, I I, I I love but even sometimes question Han after all these years going, wow, nice gun. Like, I've never made <laughs> attention to Chewie, uh, Han. Uh, we can talk about it another time. But I, there's something about it, too, that is uh, a little ties into some comedy moments for me. But also just the panic and the collapse and the brokenness that's emerging right there in that moment. And just, again, the choices of this actor, uh, you know, and and, and the director and everyone coming to like, this is what he'd be doing in the moment. It's kind of a bizarre little move, right? The pounding, uh, he's just angrily pounding the spot where he is bleeding out. Uh, I love the decisions behind it, even though not all of them might be clear to me as a viewer, just even in that, especially in those early moments and early viewings, I should say. uh, I've always loved that.
4: Yeah, no, I think it it serves so many purposes to me. I think it is just a little reminder that like he is, he's literally, you know, weakened, he, he is injured. Uh, and, but, but for me, it just, it, it always has this sense that he, it's like he's injecting himself with, you know, steroids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he thinks he is, right? Because he, he tells Han that, you know, he wants to be free of this pain. Uh, and it gets set up even by, by Snoke that like, you know, this is going to be this great challenge for you to face your father. Can you do what you're meant to do? And, and he thinks, you know, even in Force Awakens, like uh, all these, all these legacies are, are just uh, confusing and garbage and just the past needs to be slaughtered so I can become who I want to be. And he's filled himself with all these things. And then suddenly it doesn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like the promise of like, just give in your anger and it will give you focus. It will give you power. And I almost take that punching of like, hey it's not working (laughs) yeah this was supposed to work where i'm gonna pound on the injury i'm gonna pound on the pain i'm gonna pound on the anger to like pump myself up and like it's it's not working dude that's not the drug
0: you think it is you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's a it's a great choice all around that's a great choice
4: yeah really powerful uh you know just a great scary villain move Mm -hmm. um let's move on then to the last jedi what are some favorite moments from the last jedi
0: I went straight to a big one. And sometimes you, when you and I have these discussions, you don't maybe really want to go to the big giant obvious trailer moment. I, I can't with this film that the hand, the offer in the throne room to, to Ray with uh, the, 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 the throne room burning behind him, the embers falling down. It was a great trailer shot. It got us all to go, Whoa, and maybe make a million reaction videos out there. You know, that got clicks at uh, uh, everyone needs those clicks. Um, not to be cynical. Um, I love it, man. I just love it. It is so in this loud space franchise with explosions and f- fantasies and destinies and big choices. It is just this very simple, like, take just take my hand. Oh, man, all the problems will be solved. Right. And, and he's in one way, in a classic Star Wars sense, trying to seduce her to the dark side of the force and everything. But he's also trying to heal himself. Right. We've talked a lot about justifications for who I am and what I am and the mistakes I've made. Just, just you see me, I'm admitting it now. I didn't admit it last time around when I took my helmet off and you saw the truth, I wasn't ready to admit it, but you're right. You're right. I see you. You see me. Let's go take all this uh, over together. And it's small in this big giant story. And I love it.
4: Yeah, no, I I think just the, the writing and the delivery are so powerful and I feel like it is another uh, almost Han moment because we've, we've mm-hmm. talked a lot about how often it's played for fun in the original trilogy, but how often Han says something kind of uh, loud when it's kind of the bravado. And then he says something quieter or real to Chewie or the Falcon mm-hmm. or yeah. himself. Yeah. About, uh, how, I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. Uh, and this is almost has that, that level of uh, bravado and purpose followed by just utter reality. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause that line is uh, you come from nothing. You are nothing. Uh, and that is just total manipulation, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, that's what he believes, I, I think. That's how he interpreted the, the mutual vision they have. Right. But it's, it's a manipulation of Ray. He's pressing on her deepest wound and saying, everything you've ever feared is true. You are nothing. Nobody is ever going to love you. Uh, And then adds the, but not to me, join me, which I feel like is still like a little bit of, of manipulation of like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's
0: incredibly
4: scary real world stuff of like, no one else will ever appreciate you. So, so come with me. Right. Uh, Even though I'm maybe not in the greatest place. Uh, But then that please, right. Mm. The way it's delivered, the way it's, it's almost escapes him. Right. Yeah, that's the honesty of like I don't want to be alone. I'm so alone. Please, please don't let me be alone. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Right. There with you on, on even all all leading up to that. Please is kind of this uh, heal me. I <laughs> Could give a damn about you in a way. You know, he's not asking her to you know uh, go get married and have uh, two point five kids and a dog in that moment. Yeah. And, but I love that the please is the real. The please is the pain, uh, and and it's all there. It's very very wonderfully layered, which we love with Kylo.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So that that's a big one for me. Uh, the screaming more is great, right? Uh, to to fire on Luke because he's he's so afraid of this unstoppable legend that he can never live up to, and it's just such a great, just little picture of the dark side of like. But I I shot a giant laser at it. Did you try shooting more giant lasers at it? Yeah, it's it's funny, but it's also just like so so well delivered. If he needs this, he needs. to to have Luke be, you know,
0: stoppable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's, it's please as well. It is please as
4: well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And and on the more like cool side of things, like we, we talked a lot about uh, his, his defeat of Snoke over the years and, and that great shot of Ray catching the blade. Uh, But it is this, he's still enraptured by the dark side. Right. But it is, Mm -hmm. it is a moment where he does feel like he is coming into his own, where he is, making a choice that he is stepping out of the shadows of all of his various mentors and he is outsmarting somebody who who, who thinks who who he has previously been made to think he can't possibly live up to, right? That's such it's such a far journey from uh the uh the the uh Supreme Leader Snoke mm-hmm. senses it too. I can I can fool him, you know. Call me a child in a mask, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it is, it is just cool, right? The mm-hmm. seeing him do the little maneuvers and and actually, like, even though there is, it's still wrapped up in darkness. Seeing, uh, you know, the the son of of Leia, the grandson of Anakin, use that blade, yeah. you know, it, to defeat his enemy in this subtle, cool way. It, it is him using using the Force, using that lightsaber, and it is really cool.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. You, cool Kylo, you need some cool Kylo. You, know? you need some cool Kylo. Therefore,
4: that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, Rise of Skywalker. What's a favorite moment of Kylo there?
0: So big, I mean, big ones. I, I, I we have talked a lot. Of, we'll talk about. We'll never stop talking about the memories of Dad scene, <laughs> the, the final scene with with Han. It, it, it's so beautiful. And there's so things, and I think that's kind of where you start to make that transition where we're talking about cool Ben moments. So I'll put that up there just in general. Um, I really love just the beauty and the coolness of the first lightsaber fight with Ray and rise of Skywalker. The one that, uh, where she's in his uh, apartment complex, there, his studio on the, uh, <laughs> the cruiser. And he's down below in Kijimi and just the the imagery of the, the red berries on the white floor. I, I, I just, I just love it, man. I just love it. And I love that he's kind of, you know, there's a calmness to him that in the moment, there's a lot of like, Oh, there you are. Oh, that's where you are. You know, he to, to her, but then he's also kind of panicked to his, uh, to his troops, right? She's up on the commercial. You know, it's the duality there. But the moment I'll submit, we did do the four center scene by scene, referenced it already. But him meeting Palpatine. Team, him coming mm-hmm. face, to face with this monster, him getting some truth and the fear setting in, the challenge. He's uh, the supreme leader. And now that's in, co- in question and, and he doesn't know what to expect. And now information about the girl and all this. I just love everything about that scene. And uh, I'm not gonna say it's the start it's definitely not the start of the turn to Ben but like it's uh, you see some of the you know it's it's Kylo Kylo aware that it's all a put on <laughs> and, and in some ways and it's all been uh, him trying to be something and that and that even then that big answer what he thought the big step he took which was powerful to the character of Kylo and powerful to himself you know wiping out Snoke and becoming this man um, It Um, it, it's all on quicksand and and something's wrong and there's a bigger better answer uh, and a bigger better solution he's got to find and and he thinks power and control and masks and anger is the way to go naturally that's what he's lived with for the few years here but i love that opening scene
4: yeah no i that that is very well said and a thing that i love about uh, just almost from a point of physicality uh the the kind of soulless hacking of the uh the alzamek cultists right um yeah on on mustafar um where he just, it just it seems like he's just again just trying to kind of like power himself up. There's some, there's some cool moves in there of just enjoying yeah. uh, the the pushing down with the the blade and the the one where he just uh, pulls <laughs> the ultimate forward to slash him. It's just like it's really brutal. Uh, but in both that scene and in uh, down in in Palpatine's uh, horror lab, I love that he continues this this visual that we've had since Force Awakens. Of this, holding the blade straight out and and looking over it, right? Yes, it, it's such a unique Kylo thing. He's got the stomp, but you know he does that in Force Awakens. He does it in Last Jedi. It is a mix of like intimidation uh, of his enemies, of kind of prepping. It's just so great that this is a character who's who's tied up in feeling like he is not. Allowed to be unique, allowed to be the person that he is meant to be. And here he is with this the fighting move that I can't think of anybody else who has that real like stare at you over my blade, holding it out like a rapier, you know? Yeah. And he spends like almost his whole confrontation with Palpatine with the blade up like that, you know?
0: Right. It's it's an odd draw, but there's a lot of uh, major league pitchers that, throughout history that do the uh, glove up, and all you see is their eyes as they're about to fire a fastball <laughs> at your head. And uh, I like that for me. Uh, guy his,
4: his dark side ball play in there.
0: <laughs> it's Kylo Ren, Dave Stewart, and Andy Pettit. There you go. Those are the ones. <laughs>
4: Yeah, then the other thing I wanted to shout out from Rise of Skywalker, I mean, there's there's so much stuff uh, that is yeah, yeah. great in emotional depth, but uh, just, again, celebrating, like, the physicality of this character and what makes it fun to watch the movies again and again, uh, I love that he doesn't immediately ignite his blade in the throne room battle, right? That mm-hmm. he does the evasion, and then just a weird little detail, when he jumps down from that main part of the throne room, he does that little leg click together. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, uh, there's so much personality in the way he moves, the way he fights. Um, So I love that. And then the the final thing for me, uh, I I really love how, how truly soulless he looks and feels in the the lightsaber battle across uh, the Death Star wreckage, uh, those Mm -hmm. big waves uh, pursuing Ray. He's, it feels like he's really down to this. Like she, I want her to join me, but if she doesn't, then the other option is uh, get rid of her. And he's just really, really almost seems like in his most bleak um but that gets reinforced by this great image of i i love they've been leaping over the waves ray leaps over one and it's like where where is he and that shot of him is a great trailer shot uh mm-hmm. of him just walking out of that crushing ray you know wave yeah. is really powerful
0: i yeah not for nothing man i i think uh, a large portion of that ticket to that movie uh comes from that shot <laughs> like I, I i could watch that sequence time with them again
4: yeah, yeah, and just walking through that that wave, just like uh, from Ray's perspective, this unstoppable, uh, soulless machine that's given himself over uh, to the dark side, and he just looks sad. Just looks, yeah. you know, like this uh, sad, unstoppable evil puppy dog. <laughs> he doesn't look
0: happy chasing around uh, the one person with the true connection trying to kill them. Yeah, he doesn't look happy.
4: No. No, he's not 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 in a great spot there, but that's going to turn around real soon for him. Uh, so let's move into that. We get to spend some time with the Ben Solo in The Rise of Skywalker. What are some favorite moments for you of, of Ben Solo?
0: It's uh, very hard to not include the shoulder shrug that went viral. You know, everyone do the Kylo, or excuse me, the Ben shrug. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. you know, with the lightsaber, I, I, it's, it's hilarious, but also powerful. But I, you know what I love? I I, I want to highlight, um, at the very end where he just, he kind of has that laugh with Ray after, you know, um, they're together there and, and the kiss and all that kind of stuff. Um, maybe the hits for others, maybe it's, uh, you know, for some and, and not for others, but I, I love when he laughs because a lot has been made that he doesn't really speak After the moment with Solo, right? He doesn't really Mm -hmm. have a line in... It's uh, all reactions. It's all physicality. It's all uh, the face, the eyes, the mouth, the soul. And I think that one, just this kind of like... (laughs) laughter this relief this joy and seeing him feel that in that moment it was more powerful to me than uh the kiss or more powerful to me than giving up uh, even his, his life for her everything i just i'm always drawn to that moment and if i'm watching rise of skywalker which i do often and sometimes you get busy sometimes you do your chores sometimes you, you're coming in and out of the room that's one of the moments i sit for
4: yeah no it, and it, it really is that little smile that little laugh it's almost like for me it it is it's a moment of joy right um but it's also just like it's almost like this we we went through all of this to get here to get this to this moment we could have just been here from the beginning and almost like laughing at it like sometimes the way i know you and i are both big on this so like that's a part of what comedy is for is taking something hard and 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 using comedy to cope with it and i almost feel that i just like it, it, isn't it, isn't it absurd? It took us so long to get to where we always should have been.
0: I, I'm right there with you on that. I, I actually, I'll read that in that. I totally do that. Of just, and that's kind of every journey, right? How many, <laughs> how many left turns and right turns have we all taken our lives and you just kind of, man, I'll put that in there. I think that's there as well. Yeah.
4: Yeah. That's a great one. Um, this is really fun to get into the, the scene on the the bridge and is he Kyler or is he Ben, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I don't think it is as it, simple as throwing a switch. Right. Um, yeah. But I really think by the time he says "dad," you know, mm-hmm. he's made his decision. Right? Uh, Ray has has healed him up to a point. He, he's felt the presence of his of his mother. You know, um, reaching out to him. Uh, the scar is gone. He's just trying to take that next step of can he let go? And, and it feels to me like he's made his decision. I mean, he just he wants to tell his father that he loves him. Right? And and just a memory that his dad would know, hey, kid, you're my kid. I know how hard it is for you to say this, so I'm not going to make you do it. But mm-hmm. the delivery to start with dad, and just that one word and know that's what he is going to try to
0: say. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that whole scene. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Often trip- reported back to the first time uh, uh, I saw that and, and you were sitting right behind me. It just... Yeah, it's tough to it's tough to not find it uh, moving every time for me. And again, I know everyone has a different relationship with all these films, and this one is the latest yep. one to to bring about passions. Uh, <laughs> I understand, but yeah, that <laughs> not one. the last.
4: Yeah, um, I think a, other thing for me that I want to highlight. I mean, there's so many great every every beat with him as Ben Solo is just kind of a beat the the mm. ow the shoulder shrug right. Uh, there's so many great beats, but one that I really like. Uh, that I also wanted to highlight because it doesn't get talked about as much as uh, there's the battle with the Knights of Ran uh, where he is blocking an attack behind his back. And he's got that little exhale, right? Mm-hmm. It almost seems like he's centering himself. And for me, I, I, maybe I'm doing a lot of headcan reading into it, but it's just like he is using the light side again for the first time in a long time. You know, and he's he's using mm. it to defend himself and to survive and do the right thing. But it just almost feels like uh, like getting back on the bike. The way he's like, yeah. okay, Whew, yeah, got to gotta stay clear and present. And this is what it feels like to to use the light side
0: again. Oh, uh, exactly. When I finally had a good set of stand-up comedy again, I came off stage and went, ah, oh, yeah, we're back. Okay. <laughs> I just blocked an attack by a Knight of
4: the Wren uh, from behind. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> All right. Well, moving on uh, to uh, – controversial things indeed is always acknowledged that there are many very very strong uh feelings about this uh we know that many fans would have loved to see ben solo live uh i personally find it bittersweet that the stuff that we got with him is so great and we only get to spend such a short time with him in uh, rise of skywalker as ben solo uh but ultimately for you ken
0: uh, does his death work and if so why does it work for you yeah, for me being the key here, um, mm-hmm. look, I, 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 it does work for me. But that's I'm saying that as someone who probably on Four Center, I can't recall specific times, but definitely on other shows I would appear on, too, of saying, man, wouldn't it be kind of cool to see, you know, I, I, I'm I'm accepting that I, I think we're going to get a redemption of Kylo Ren, but that he still has to live with that and be around and just go to the grocery store and people kind of being like, hey, what's mm-hmm. up, jerk? And, and <laughs> what that means, because we didn't really get to see that. Uh, necessarily we, we, with anakin and all that kind of stuff in fact the, the legacy of anakin is uh you know obscured by the 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 specter of vader and, and bloodline deals with that and everything there so I, i'm someone who said that and and i and i can get behind that conversation i completely understand it uh um but for me at the end of the day when, when i see all, all these films and i reflect on this we have these kind of discussions i i think there's a little bit of kind of like he 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 paid for his sins a bit and he made some choices i think of star wars resistance there's that episode where the with the two refugee children show up to the colossus and they're talking about that monster and it's Kylo, mm-hmm. and it ain't yeah. good it's not good stuff you know he's done some bad as did vader di- uh, before him so i think that I, I that works for me on on, on a li- little bit of a spiritual level which does not mean i'm suggesting that you all have to Die because he did something wrong. Please don't, no. don't don't take that. But for this character, but because for this character for this mythic story, I am here for the the myth, the the, the space fantasy. Uh, I am here for the big lessons. I'm here for this this poetic story. And I'm not just talking about it rhyming. I'm just talking about this is something that is of my world, but not uh, not uh, in my world uh, all the time. It's a it's a movie, and this is a very epic, powerful, and bittersweet ending. You know, if there's going to be an episode 10 and, you know, Adam signed on for it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I would have liked that. Of course I would have liked to see uh, Disney plus Ben Solo at home. Series, yeah, Bet, <laughs> you know, I, I, so I, I, and I agree with you're saying it's bittersweet because we want to, it's almost like we're going, huh? man, we could have had more of him if he just made the right decision. Bad. Um, but there's lessons to be had in that. And I'm okay with that. And that's why it works for me, for me.
4: Yeah, no, I, I really agree with what you're saying. Uh, even, you know, the audios are out there of, uh, of Force Center episodes. I was really intrigued by the possibility of uh, mm-hmm. what are the other options? If he does redeem himself, if he does do the right thing, I guess it's not even redeem. If it's he makes a better choice in the moment, but he yeah. still has to survive and live with what he's done so we can really have in Star Wars a, a grand discussion of, you know, what does redemption truly mean? Mm-hmm. Um it, it, i i had you know uh weird predictions that he uh isolates himself for a while on on octo to think about what he did
0: <laughs> yeah right, right. you
4: know or, or you get the suggestion that he is going to be a part of the galaxy trying to make things right eventually you know like mm-hmm. i get all that i'm really intrigued by that i think star wars is going i think that's one of the obvious stories to wrestle with in star wars uh at some point and i think we are we've had Different versions of it, but I think we're going to get, get that in a big way at some point. I think his, his passing works for me on a couple levels, ultimately. One, it's just, uh, you know, the, the mantra that you and I have sometimes here on the podcast of engage with the story that you've been presented with, uh, not the one that, you know, you decided ahead of time it should be, um, because that's that's what it is. That is the story on the screen. So finding a way to find what, what is bountiful there, uh, that's a part of it for me. I do like as many people have have pointed out that this great journey of uh, Anakin falling to the dark side uh, because of this fear of loss right because of this fear that uh, what what pain would he have to go to through if Padme died and that's he was coming at it from a selfish standpoint right. and that's what caused him uh, to be afraid and make all these take all these terrible actions based on. What might happen or what could happen, not what is literal, right? Mm-hmm. So everything about what what Ben does of of giving his life energy to save Ray, it is this idea of can you ever become powerful enough to save the ones you love is what Anakin is, is obsessed with, yeah. and here is Ben sort of presenting like it's not an imaginary fear of something that might happen. It's not about my pain of losing her. It's about she she is dead right now. And I can selflessly give my life so that she can continue on. I choose to do that. It is just um, very rich when you want to start comparing the journey of, of Anakin and Ben Solo. So I do think that's really interesting. I think it ties together uh, all 12 movies uh, in a lot of thematic ways. A, a ton of fun to examine. Yeah. Um, I also think that in terms of just resolving the relationship between Ben and Ray, right? um that by the time that we come to this moment where uh she has she has given him you know life energy to to bring him back from death right, right. uh to correct her own mistake and at the at the time that he he pulls himself out of that crater and and, and ray has sacrificed herself to save the galaxy uh one or the other of them is going to continue on on this mortal plane right mm-hmm. and i feel like by him choosing to give his life essence to her, it's this selfless act. It's this Jedi act. It's this uh, sharing of this this ultimate uh, connection that they have. Um, but also the whole story of, of uh, how a Jedi passes into, you know, uh, being conscious within the Force is about this. An act of selflessness in your yeah. in your final moments, and because he chooses this selfless act, for me, I feel like they're always connected, right? Yeah, that he does give um give his his life on this mortal plane uh, for Ray to continue, uh, but because of the way he does this, he is still aware within the Force and that's the language of the star Wars films with the, right. the disappearing. And that for me means that, well, from Ray's perspective, he's still there. It's in a very different way. It's in this very cosmic way, but they're still connected uh, and, and still are a part of one another's existence you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree with you on that one there and, and, and what it, what it could mean and engaging with what the whole, what's presented is, is pretty powerful when you find what's there for you to to connect uh, to even to your own lives and everything and and, and uh, connecting to the big Jedi philosophies as you are with what we just what we, what we've been taught in the films <laughs> what this means I think it's a good ending for him uh, with, with respect to all those who who don't agree uh, I I'd leave it satisfied every time but that's just me
4: yeah Yep. Uh, And uh, exactly as Ken just said, we know this is one of the most touchy things that we talk about. So if you have a different point of view, that is totally, totally respected. Uh, We are not telling anyone what they should think. We're just sharing uh, our thoughts on that one. Uh, And a a big part of this, the conversation about Ben Solo is, uh, will there be more in any way, shape or form? Obviously, we know in Star Wars storytelling, no one is ever really gone so want to end on the upbeat, Ken, of what future storytelling would you like to see with uh, Kylo Ren and or Ben Solo?
0: Totally OK with going uh, back, doing a little prequel stuff, uh, you know, that comes up rumors or desires of, uh, you know, Luke and, and young Ben out and about. We got a lot of that in uh, the, the Rise of Kylo Ren comic series. I know that's one of the reasons you, you really love that comic series. We got to see some more Luke. We got to see some some Ben in that time. Uh, and happier times, if you will. So I, I am all for that and finding a way to do that probably it would work better for me on the on the page than on the screen in some fashion, uh, talking about recasts or uh, you know, movie magic or volume magic Whatever you want to say uh, Deep fake magic uh, I'd rather have it probably on the page Going forward it's a little tougher for me to envision Without everyone on board Even if it's uh, Force Ben or Spirit Ben Or something else uh, uh, You know with that character It would need to have Ray. It would need to be involved or uh, With her and around that and, and, and exploring their connection going forward And what would it be just conversations My conversations with Ghost Ben Sure great <laughs>
4: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is uh, I'm going to take the Star Wars lesson of patience. I feel like there eventually will be more storytelling with all the sequel characters. Who knows if that will be on screen, on the page, both. Uh, I think odds are good both Mm -hmm. because the generation that grew up with the sequel trilogy is going to grow up and they're going to want those stories and some of the uh, tension about it uh, is going to have dissipated a little bit. And I think there'll be more room to tell those stories. And yeah, I would be perfectly intrigued of is there a different relationship between Ray and and the spirit of Ben Solo because of this dyad is there the storytelling possibility there I'm super intrigued by that uh Mm -hmm. but I'm also really intrigued by looking looking back and when I think about Ben Solo and Kylo Ren I I take a ton of comfort in uh Anakin and Ahsoka right Mm -hmm. the prequels come out and you think well yeah there's some room in there where you could tell some stories whatever but just think of the amount of depth of storytelling that we got out of the Clone Wars animated series, this whole other relationship mm. with uh, Ahsoka, like there's so much room in Ben Solo's life and in Kylo Ren's life to, to tell big stories. And there could be, there could be big relationships that we don't know about. And it's been proven, I think through Clone Wars that that storytelling mm.
0: works. It it does. It really does. And uh, in, in ways that you sometimes don't expect. Uh, and I'm saying it to myself, you know, where you're just like, what else could they possibly mine from this? And and I am often um, I often discover a lot <laughs> when you allow it. Yeah, yeah,
4: exactly. So uh, for me, a, a couple of those time periods. You know, it's about six years of him being Kylo Ren between you know uh, mm-hmm. the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book, finding out about Vader, all that stuff uh, to the beginning of Force Awakens. So that six years of a. Uh, of- training uh with Snoke of uh fighting the pull to the light uh, who knows what other relationships he has going on there I'm sure he's got more going on than just fighting with Hux <laughs> yes yes but that six years of being Kylo Ren that's that's rich mm. um and yeah the the biggest thing that I I would like we've talked about it a ton fans have talked about it a ton of like there is room for so many adventures uh, of Luke Skywalker and young Ben Solo um the single line that that I'm going to sum up here with, I'm paraphrasing, it's from that Rise of Kylo Ren comic book that has the flashback to them, you know, exploring Jedi artifacts, and I think it feels, it's cool to see Luke in his prime, and mm-hmm. he's kind of aware that there's a little bit of, of tension with uh, with uh sulky young Ben or with Loris Santeca. and there's that moment where Luke says to, to young Ben that they're going to this temple, and he says, there'll be weapons. You like weapons. <laughs> <laughs> Just that one line is just an explosion of personalities and dynamics, right? Of like Luke trying to keep him engaged, trying to keep him, uh keep the relationship open, trying to get some responses from this surly teen who's maybe not very forward with his emotions and Luke being like, not great to encourage him to like weapons, but that's the yeah. only time I see a spark in his eyes. So I yeah. got to give the kid some weapons. Just that gets me so excited about like a six year animated series right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Love it uh yeah let's do it let's do it Disney let's do it I want
4: yeah easy easy done and done uh any other big picture thoughts on celebrating the these great uh characters or rather character of Kylo Ben
0: no man uh, I just to summarize just I I just think it continues to be a really rewarding performance I think everyone uh nails what they were asked to do in the sequel trilogy and Adam is intriguing all the stories of him kind of being off to the side uh you know, you get the sense he wasn't uh, in- intentionally not as close uh, to the others as, as they were and, and how that, that works. And, you know, I'm not here to comment on method acting or not. I I, I, I don't even, I'm not saying that he's a method actor, but I'm just, from that point to, to, to everything on screen, I just continue to find myself uh, enriched by learning the lessons and paying attention to the lessons and asking yourself the tough questions that Kylo uh, kind of helps create in Star Wars. And I'm, I'm really thankful this is, uh, dare I say, uh, one of my favorite characters in Star Wars, which uh, sometimes we talk about here in Force Center, it's uh, dangerous to root for the bad guys. <laughs> I don't root for uh, anything he did, did uh, during the evil times. I, I, I root uh, for his continued uh, redemption in, in uh, as a character, but also in the fandom.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Just a, a fascinating, dynamic, rich funny, terrifying, uh, beautiful character all around, uh, down to his soul, and of course his hair. Uh, Just a great character. So it was really fun uh, to just take the time to absolutely celebrate everything that's great about this character and this performance. So with that, Ken, do you want to let people know where they can find us?
0: I would absolutely love to do that. We are the Force Center Podcast feed, and we can be found on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Amazon Music. You can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash four center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash center. You can follow me at CatNapsuck or go to my website, catnapsuck.com. I'll have updated information on stand up comedy shows in New York on October. Man, what are those dates? 7th and 8th. But that's why I got to update the website. Uh, <laughs> that is uh, out there for you as well. All right, Joseph, where can they find you?
4: Yeah, you can find me uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can find links to all of my other comedy adventures on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Kylo Ren's lightsaber ignition stomp, this has been Force Center.